Hey everyone, this is John Mauser. I'm a fishing guide and a rod builder on the Crystal Coast of North Carolina. I'm using this podcast to build a relationship with all of you and to tell some stories along the way that will hopefully entertain, educate, and inspire everyone who's listening. This is the True Tales Podcast Show. How's it going, everybody? This is John Mauser, and you're listening to another episode of the True Tales Podcast Show. Now, as I'm recording this, it's uh, December 31st, the last day of 2022. So by the time you hear this, it will be a new year. So happy new year, everyone. I actually did my last guided fishing trip of the year yesterday. It was an inshore redfish trip, kind of end of the year, just like I started the year. Clear water sight fishing, redfish in shallow water with a couple of fly anglers. We actually had a really, really good day yesterday. The water, despite some rain we've had on and off, has just been absolutely crystal clear. The fish are schooling up in the right places. And we found a few schools of fish that were really in the mood and willing to turn around and charge down on a fly. So um, we had a really good day yesterday. Speaking of my last redfish trip of the year, uh, doing that, I actually accomplished something really cool that I've been working on for a while. And it's basically what we're going to talk about today on this podcast. Now, I want to preface this podcast by saying, you know, what I'm going to say is just me personally and how I do things. I'm not passing judgment on any other recreational anglers or fishing guides. You know, your choices are yours as long as it's legal. So this is just something I wanted to do for myself for personal reasons. So if you disagree with anything I say, I'm sorry about that. Um, no worries though. Uh, you do you, and uh, this is what works well for me. So back in 2012, when I started my guide service, I wanted to build the business as a conservation-focused fly fishing and light tackle guide service, basically because it's, it's how I fished personally myself, and it's how I'd fished here for years, and it's what felt right with me just to continue what I did myself, not try to build a business based off of something I'm not doing, just what I enjoy doing and trying to put it out there for other anglers to come experience it with me. Now, 10 years later, looking back on the ups and downs of it um, and how the fisheries change and how regulations have changed, fishery management has changed over the last 11 seasons of fishing. I'm really fortunate. I feel that I base this business on conservation focused practices. I'm definitely not the only fishing guide here on the crystal coast. There's a lot of fishing guides. Um, you know, it's an 85 mile stretch of islands and marsh. And I bet there's, gosh, just in my own hometown, I bet there's a few dozen guides. You know, I'm, I bet there's 50 of them on the Crystal Coast alone that do inshore and nearshore charters. So when I think about my business compared to a lot of the other guide services on the coast here, there, there's two things that come to mind that really differentiate what I do versus what the other guys do. So, number one, I like to fish the hardest way possible and force my anglers to do it also. Seriously. You, you know, most of our trips, we're either fishing fly or spin. We're fishing really shallow water. And in the case of like redfish, you know, we're, we're trying to stalk and actively pursue these fish and, and place a cast to them up close and personal and watch them eat it without spooking them. You know, and then when we're, fishing near shore a lot of times we're sight casting to busting fish 
We're not just trolling. We're not fishing on the bottom. We're looking for fish that are actively feeding and trying to put a fly or a light tackle lure in their face. And we're trying to do all this stuff at close distance without the fish hopefully realizing that we're even there. You know, everybody does what works for them, but for us, you know, we don't sit around for a few hours anchored up with Carolina rigs out. We're not soaking bait. You know, we're not trolling spoons. And I'm definitely not casting your rod for you and hooking a fish and handing it to you. You know, we're putting you up to the challenge, putting you on the bow of the boat and saying, hey, we're going to work really hard for this and we're going to catch some fish that are going to be really special when we accomplish this. There's nothing wrong with all those other types of guide services. You know, the, the, the guides that, you know, use popping corks and Carolina rigs and soak bait or bottom fish or troll, they provide a service for a lot of anglers who want that type of guide service. So there's absolutely a great reason for those guys. It's just not the type of fishing that I do. I'm generally putting an angler or two on the front of the boat and we're trying to sneak in on fish so they get that entire experience of uh, seeing that fish first, presenting a fly or a light tackle lure to it and watching that fish eat it. Um, they don't go there for the numbers of fish. They go there more so for um, the experience of trying to fool that one fish or that small handful of fish that we're going to catch that day doing that type of stalking. Most of the other guides in the area are focused on providing a great experience for their anglers by ensuring that their anglers will catch and harvest as many fish as possible because that's what those anglers want. You know, the weight of their cooler at the end of the trip a lot of times will determine how they rate the success of that trip. For me, my number one focus is not the number of fish, but the journey and the experience of catching those fish. You know, the stalking, the challenge, the reward of fooling that fish with feathers tied on a hook or properly walked to Zara Spook. That's the first thing that really separates how I fish or how I guide. There's nothing wrong with either because there's different anglers that prefer these different types of trips. The second thing that separates my business from the others is that we're really conservation focused. So besides just making sure we don't put trash into the environment and that we pick up plastic or a balloon or something floating on the water, besides that type of stuff, we're really also focused on as much catch and release fishing as possible. And I'm not saying that 100% of the fish that we release survive. I'm sure there's a mortality here or there. Nobody's perfect. But we're doing our best to reduce that mortality as much as possible and put those fish we caught back into the marsh or back into the nearshore waters so they can grow and reproduce and hopefully we can catch them again later. And I'm also not saying that we don't harvest fish. We definitely harvest some fish throughout the year. We'll throw a few trout in the cooler here and there in the fall. I'm definitely guilty of eating some Spanish mackerel tacos every summer. And during the Bonito run in the springtime, you can trust that I'm going to be having some sushi later that day. But filling up coolers to the brim with fish never has been and probably won't ever be the type of focus that I'll have on my fishing trips that I provide. All right, so here's the deal. This is what I was talking about with that pretty cool thing I did yesterday on my last redfish trip of the year. In 2021, after nine years of guiding and finally being on my first year of full-time guiding, as in it was my only source of income, we harvested two redfish last year out of hundreds of redfish that were caught. Both of those fish were harvested at the request of my anglers. It wasn't because I automatically threw them in the cooler. 
or I didn't even ask them if they wanted to keep them. They had asked me beforehand, hey, can I harvest a redfish? And absolutely, it's legal to do. We can keep one redfish per person between 18 and 27 inches. So if you want to keep one, I have no problem with it. And if you're wondering why only two of my anglers last year requested to harvest a redfish and not, not more if I ran a full-time guide service, I really think this comes down to it's, it's the type of anglers that choose to fish with me. And it's just based on how I've advertised and, and you know, put my business out there over the years that were conservation-based. So the type of angler that comes and fishes with me already has that mindset when they come before they even step on the boat. So that was 2021. Fast forward to September of 2022. So it rolls around. One day we're out there doing a trip, releasing a fish. And it hit me that we had not harvested a single redfish so far that year in nine months. And at that point, really, we hadn't harvested a redfish in 12 months because that second redfish that we killed and put in a cooler back in 2021 was in September. So it had been a whole year since we had harvested a fish. All redfish had been catch and release at that point. I said, man, that's, that's pretty cool. And then I was thinking, you know, as a full-time business, I hadn't suffered at all because of my choice or our choice with the anglers of letting these fish go. The business had flourished and it had grown and we didn't have to kill any fish or at least kill any redfish for that to happen. And so I said to myself, what the heck? Let's see if we can finish out 2022 with no redfish harvested. A year of zero redfish. It was just kind of a personal goal. Wanted to really put my money where my mouth is as far as conservation. So the question was, could I run an entire year as a full-time guide in North Carolina without my clients harvesting a single redfish? In my mind, I thought, well, this will be easy. It's already September. I've only got three more months to go. And October and November is like 90% albacore charters. I'm only going to have a couple days each month where I'm even fishing for redfish. You know, maybe I've got 10, a dozen, 15 more redfish charters left in the year. This will be a piece of cake. And of course, the same week that I make this decision and decide it's going to be easy, I get a gentleman who calls me to book a charter and proceeds to tell me that he's really looking forward to getting on the front of my skiff, side casting a fly to these skinny water redfish, watching them inhale as fly, and then throwing them in the cooler and frying them up that night. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. And as soon as he said it, thoughts started rolling through my head. I'm sitting on the phone with him and I say to myself, do I want to follow through with this plan? And if so, how do I want to approach this conversation with this gentleman? I hadn't really thought it out before that. So I just said it. I said, well, I just want you to know that we're not harvesting any redfish on my boat in the year 2022. And I was hoping he would say, okay, I understand. No problem. But no. He wanted to know why I would come to such a stupid decision. Literally. And I explained my reasons to him, my convictions, my goals. And he wanted none of it. His thoughts were that if it is legal for him to harvest his fish, he should be allowed to do it. And well, I mean, he's right. He should. 
But I explained to him that if he wanted to come fishing on my boat, he would have to respect my wishes or go find another fishing guide. So he went and found another fishing guide and told me I was stupid. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you throw away $600 to stand up for what you believe in. So after I hung the phone up, at that point, I really started worrying about how many more of my remaining redfish charters were going to end up in a heated discussion and a loss of income. So I, I got up the nerve and decided to bite the bullet, and I contacted each one of my anglers for the rest of the 2022 and asked them if they were okay with what I was doing. And all of them, except for one, immediately said, yeah, we're totally on board with that. And only one said that, well, they were hoping to harvest some redfish, but they absolutely understood what I was doing and they respected what I was working towards. Got that taken care of. So fast forward to the last day of 2022 right now. I did it. I accomplished my goal of running a full-time guide service on the coast of North Carolina, mainly focused on inshore fishing and going an entire calendar year without harvesting a single redfish. And it feels pretty damn good. Can every guide around here operate this way? No, I don't think so. Not at this point. There's still a lot of anglers who want to harvest as many fish as they can on a fishing trip. They think that's what validates the cost of that trip is bringing meat home to feed their family and friends. And I totally understand that. So I know my guide friends here on the Crystal Coast and up and down the coast probably couldn't make that type of change like that and have a successful year of fishing. But hopefully as the years go by, more and more new guides who start businesses will consider starting them focused on catch and release fishing and focused on heavy conservation practices. And hopefully more and more recreational anglers will do the same. I really do think the tide is turning and I think more and more anglers are becoming um, proponents of catch and release fishing and keeping as many fish in the water as possible. And I'm sure some anglers, like the one that I lost the charter with back in September, are probably questioning me as to why I would want to release fish that our fisheries management says we are fully within our rights to harvest. It's not like harvesting these fish are illegal. So for me to you, here's my explanation. Here's my why. I see Redfish as my business partner. Why would I kill my business partner? Why would I want to contribute to having less business partners swimming around the bow of my skiff every year? If I can provide such a great experience to my anglers that they would actually prefer to watch that fish swim away after they caught it versus filleting it and frying it up, then why would I want to kill it? For my anglers, watching that fish swim out of their hands and disappear into the muckiness of the marsh is a big part of that fishing experience for them overall. And here's the other reason. There aren't enough redfish for me, and there probably never will be enough redfish for me. There, I said it. And no, I don't suck at guiding, and I don't suck at fishing. You know, in the last week, I've put my anglers in front of hundreds of redfish in shallow water, but it's still not enough fish. 
see many of my anglers are casting feathers on fly rods at redfish. They're used to trout fishing. They've not saltwater fished much. They can't cast far enough. They'll misplace the fly placement. They'll spook fish. They miss hook sets. All kinds of stuff happens. And that's just part of the deal. And there's no shame in it. There's a steep learning curve to the type of fishing that they're trying to learn to do. And so the more shots I can give them, the higher their chances of success are. And that's my job is to make them successful. Redfish for fly and light tackle anglers who are sight fishing are like lottery tickets. The more tickets you have, the better your chance to be a winner. You know, if we soaked bait, I'd probably be happy with the number of fish that we have here locally. But for us feather chuckers, we need as much help as we can get. So give us lots of fish to cast to, let us screw a bunch of them up, let us catch a few, and then put them right back in the water to grow up and breed. And honestly, I just don't want to add to the problem. There's plenty of boats killing two, three, five, even ten redfish a day. Four, five, seven days a week. You know, if I'm taking hundreds of redfish out of the water every year here on the Crystal Coast, then I don't think I have any ground to stand on or reason to complain about lack of fish or tough fishing. And I definitely don't have the right to complain about commercial anglers taking too many fish out of the water if I'm doing the same thing. So I'm controlling what I can control, how many fish I harvest or release, and I'm going to do my little part. And the other reason I prefer to operate this way is because it insulates me from loss of business with tightening regulations and moratoriums on fishing. I try to imagine if I was making a third of my income off of flounder charters, like a lot of guides used to do around here. And then the state put a moratorium on them and said, you can only harvest flounder two weeks a year. I know that regulation hurt a lot of guides because anglers don't come to target flounder if they can't take them home. Or what if I ran a bunch of speckled trout charters and we harvest our limit of four fish each trip and I had a bunch of anglers that come every year to do that with me and then the next year fisheries changed it to one fish harvested per angler and that might actually happen in the future. That would really hurt. You know, I'm very fortunate that 95% of my anglers don't care if we put fish in the cooler or release them back into the water. They could put a 100% moratorium all year long for the next 10 years on the harvesting redfish starting right now, and I might lose one fishing charter a year over it. What would really affect my business, though, is poor fishing, lack of water quality, lower numbers of fish to cast to, less opportunities to sight fish for my anglers. So that's why I'm doing my part as small as my part might be in the scheme of things so that I can try to help keep the fishing as good as possible for the years to come. Looking back over the last year, I bet 90 to 95% of my income came from these three fish species, striped bass, redfish, and false albacore. All of those fish this year were catch and release. I know that I'm not the only guide operating this way. So to all those other guides out there who are running conservation 
and catch and release focused fishing charters for their business. I salute you and I really appreciate and respect what you guys are working towards. And like I said before, I have absolutely no ill will or bad feelings towards any anglers, whether they're recreational or fishing guides or even commercial anglers that are harvesting their limits of fish. As long as everybody's following the rules and respecting the resource, I have no issue with that at all. I just wanted to put my thoughts out there as far as an alternative and the fact that maybe we don't need to keep as many fish every single trip to keep our customers happy. That they can find joy in all the other aspects of fishing, the the hunting of the fish, the stalking, the experience of just being out of the water, the companionship, the fellowship, the the sights and sounds, the wildlife, everything else that goes along with that experience and that you can show them a great time and keep those customers coming back year after year and keep growing your businesses without having to fill the coolers with fish. Anyway, that's my thoughts. That's how I want to end 2022. Looking forward to talking with you guys a bunch in the coming year. Um, If you guys have any thoughts or topics that you'd like to hear me talk about, feel free to contact me or shoot me an email. And uh, hopefully you got something good out of this show. And if you did, I'd love it if you could jump on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a five-star rating, um, share it with a friend, or even leave a comment on uh, on your podcast player. Um, that would help us a lot and help us grow so that other people can see and find our podcast. So that's it. I hope you guys have a wonderful new year and we will see you in 2023.